I'm Olivia DeBercier. I'm a contributor to the news section of The Gateway. Today, I'm talking to Colonel Chris Hadfield, who will be speaking at the Jubilee Auditorium October 1st. You may be familiar with Colonel Hadfield as the first Canadian commander of the International Space Station, as well as the first Canadian astronaut to do a spacewalk. You may also be familiar with his musical talents. His music video for Space Oddity on the International Space Station went viral a couple years ago. Hatfield may be back on Earth, but is certainly no less busy. He's gone on to do speaking tours around the world to students and adults alike. He's also written books and continued his work with NASA. Today, I will be speaking to him uh, about his university experience, advice for students, and how the arts and sciences connect. So to get started off, um, because this is a university magazine, uh, we wanted to know, what was your college experience like? Uh, it was excellent and very. I've gone to four different universities. It started at the Royal Roads Military College on the outskirts of Victoria, and I started my undergraduate degree. I completed my graduate degree in Kingston, Ontario, at RMC at the Royal Military College. And then I was a graduate student at the University of Waterloo, where I'm now a professor. And then I was a graduate student at the University of Tennessee, down in Tullahoma, Tennessee. Um, so I went to all four of those. I, uh, I, only, I only have two university degrees, just my undergraduate in mechanical engineering and my master's in um, aviation and aerospace. Um, but no, I, I think uh, university is a really interesting and important formative time. And it's not even so much always what you learn, but how to learn. Mm -hmm. uh, really, in university, I think it helps discipline how I learn, because I've been a student my whole life. For 21 years I served as an astronaut, I was very much continuing to be a student. And so I think the disciplines uh, that you learn as a university student, how to learn, how to organize your own learning, how to, uh, how to maintain the information after you've learned it, and also how you fit that into your own life and understanding. I think all of that is really important and a key part of, uh, of attending the university. And then the second half is just uh, growing up. It, it provides a really nice period in your life in between the regular public level of elementary school and high school and then the full-time workaday world afterwards. And when you're still a young and developing person, I think universities exist for a good reason because it, it's a, a formative stage and it's really good to have an influence like the one that's provided at a university during that formative stage of life. It certainly was for me. Yeah, and kind of going off of that, um, you're talking about all the things you know we're learning and as we're developing. Um, what kind of advice would you give to, say, undergraduate students, uh, particularly ones that are in, um, or that are pursuing careers in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics? Uh, well, a couple things. Number one is, uh, is focus intently on the core of your area of expertise. You, you should come out of an engineering or a science degree with a really deep understanding, uh, at least at the undergraduate level, of the, the core subject that you're studying. So it's hard to work too much at it, I think, going through. I think it's a really good thing to dig into. Um, but at the same time, uh, universities aren't just monotheistic. Universities generally have a huge variety of other things that are available on campus. Other uh, clubs, organizations, 
Um, my daughter, for example, went through Queen's University studying psychology, but she joined in an archaeological expedition to um, to Jordan, and mm. and she worked in India, and and it was it was part of the formative university experience in that she came out with a very good technical education in her field of expertise, like which I think is the is the fundamental part. But don't just think your university is is the black and white bits that lead directly to the one part of your degree. But try and try and absorb and, and benefit from the entire experience. And I would really counsel any student coming into um, to university to look at both halves of that. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Um, and kind of moving in a different direction with the sort of advice for undergrads, um, what would you say to Canadian women and other minorities in the STEM field who are interested in pursuing career and exploration? Would your advice change or would it more or less stay the same for them? Well, I think actually women are a majority in university, not a minority. Um, I think there are more Canadian women in university than men. However, if you go into subset fields, if you choose one particular topic, of uh, especially science, technology, engineering, and math, then it probably hasn't shifted yet. But uh, I don't know, I, I don't, Here, here's an example. The uh, the chief astronaut for NASA is a woman, or, or was a woman named Peggy Whitson. The chief of the Johnson Space Center is a woman named Ellen Ochoa. Um, the most experienced woman in the history of human spaceflight in the United States is um, a scientist named, named Peggy Whitson from a farm in Iowa. Um, there have been several women, Sonny Williams, who commanded the International Space Station. So I really don't think um, your chromosomal arrangement matters. Uh, yeah. What's important is to me is your um, your drive and your competence and your ability to do things that you've never done before, mm-hmm. and and so to focus, I think, on some sort of uh, societal inertia that has led to uh, some sort of uh, set of circumstances, I, I think. That's symptomatic. It's not. It's not necessarily the core of what a student should be focusing on. Yeah, uh, you're the student going through, and it's like people say, "What did it feel like being Canada's first spacewalker?" I'm going, "Well, you know, it was my first spacewalk." Yeah, you know, <laughs> the personal and the private professional experience was overwhelming, and I needed to do the job right and not focus on the fact that there was a certain inertial society influence to what I was doing. And mm-hmm. so I think I would, I would uh, counsel uh, students to do the same, except the fact that uh, your set of objectives are going to be different than the people around you, no matter who you are. I mean, I, I was the first uh, of my family to go to university, and, and it just wasn't something that was normal or honored or, or expected. But I recognize that I thought this was important, but I didn't see that as some sort of negative or some sort of uh, necessity. I, mm-hmm. I just saw it as as the choices that I was making in life and they were important to me and not wait for some sort of external approval or yeah. external validation in order to make me feel that I'm doing the thing that's important to me. 
So I, I, I don't know. I, I, um, I really just encourage people to take pride in themselves mm-hmm. and do the things that are important to them and, and not wait for some external body to tell them that what they think is important is, is important. You know, I, I think it's more of a personal choice and a personal passion. And that's where the real success is going to lie. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Um, now, this is a question I'm most excited to ask you about, as I'm really interested in how the arts and sciences connect. Um, so your music and photography have had a major impact on the public's understanding and connection to the space to space exploration. So wh- wh- what do you think the importance of fine arts are in STEM? Why should the two be brought together? Oh, and writing also. I have, I know, I've written three. Oh, yeah, and writing. And, uh, so yeah. so uh, I... I I think uh, science and art don't know that they're supposed to be separate. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a strange thing that we, when, when you pick up a newspaper, the, uh, the, the science and technology section is in a different section of the paper from the arts section. Mm-hmm. But if you just spend one minute looking at a rainbow, you can see that the two of them are the same. Or at the Northern Lights, or at the birth of an animal or whatever um, if, if you think the two of them are independent then you're just a poor student of reality so I, I think there's incredible complexity and um, mathematics and science in, in everything that goes into art and vice versa and, and I, I'm just sort of a weird embodiment of that because <laughs> I've, I've studied engineering and maths and science my whole life, and I have the the uh, university degrees to prove it. And uh, I mean, I'm a, a test pilot and, and things like that. But at the same time, I have a great appreciation for the beauty of life around me and how technology can allow us to see it and appreciate it, perhaps in a way that you could not any other. Yeah. I've been a spacewalk through the aurora. Wow. So, a technical activity as a human being could do. Wearing a spacesuit on the outside of a spaceship, building a huge robot onto a space station, that is immensely technical. But while I was doing that, we flew through the Southern Lights and they poured around the ship and, and flowed past me and between my legs. And wow. that was intrinsically artistic and uplifting to the soul as, as anything could possibly be. So I think you ignore one or the other at your own peril. And and in pursuit of the technical side of things, you should stop and notice how beautiful it is and vice versa at all times. The really good painters understand their paint. And that's not art. That's science, <laughs> understanding your paint. The really good um, writers understand the theory of how they write and the and the methodology by which you put together a story and how you reveal it and how you how you build it and the book doesn't get published by magic the book gets published by a very scientific process or if it shows up on your kindle or your ipad i don't know how it could be more technological so Mm -hmm. so i think i think um we need to try and educate people to be as complete as possible. Specialization is for insects. <laughs> I like that. Specialization is for insects. I think that'll be I the... I didn't make up the quote. 
I, I think that Isaac Asimov said that originally. Oh, okay. One of the <laughs> so, science fiction authors said that. Okay, we'll I have to quote it, them on that. <laughs> and and I, you can look it up, but I, I agree. <laughs> that's we're awesome. We're not, uh, we're not, we're not bugs. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, and I, I'm sh- like discovery, like scientific discovery and artistic creation, they go hand in hand in, in so many ways. It's really, really cool. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Now, I don't want to use up too much of your time, so this is going to be our last question here. Um, So, there's a lot going on at the U of A this year regarding space exploration. Um, Students here have created the X-Alta-1 satellite, the first Albertan satellite, um, and uh, it was put into orbit, you know, May 26th. So, uh, what do you think about organizations like QB50 um, who are encouraging and bringing together students to get involved in space research and exploration? I think the, the best part about exploration is that it shows you horizon beyond the one that you used to real beyond the one that you used to know. And horizons are generally the limit of what we expect of ourselves and what we expect of the world around us. That's what a horizon is. It's the edge of our understanding. The beauty of exploration is that it increases the distance. Of, of those horizons. It, it decreases your um, your myopia. It increases and expands your perception of the universe around you. And so any program like that, where you can let people see beyond what they saw before, when you can either physically or metaphorically allow people to, to look beyond the limitations of the horizons that they were raised with, I, I think it's really important. I, I try and do it all the time with the students that I work with. Let them see that whatever they were raised with, that that's not the edge of everything. Mm, and and, yeah. and, uh, and so, yeah, those programs are great. And U of A, the education system in Alberta is, is I think, the most progressive in the country, right, starting with elementary school. Yeah. I've spoken at a lot of schools uh, across Alberta, and, and it's, it's a very bold and... Um, it's almost experimental education system that you have, but to your benefit. Yeah. And so I uh, and I think what they do at U of A, there's some terrific programs. I know Chris heard there and all the work that he's done, but uh, it's it's a great school, and uh, and you guys are doing a lot of work, and that's part of the reason that I'm looking forward to coming and speaking there, is uh, is to just be part of that. 